everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeff, joining me as he does every week. It is my co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, welcome. Man, it is so good to be here. I, I, I really enjoyed the World Series and the playoffs, and now it's over. I'm a little depressed, so I thought maybe it'd be a good time to do a show and talk about baseball. Baseball is over here in the U.S. Guess what I have watched the last, since the since the end of game six in the World Series, I have watched on a couple of nights, I've watched a high school uh, baseball tournament from uh, China, and I oh, wow. have watched uh, Cuban League baseball as well. And right the Dominican I, League I, is getting ready to start up, so that's... I'm excited for that. And, and they there is actually a MLB.TV type of... Uh, package you can buy on the internet for $20. I think it's 15 right now if you sign up early and you get all their games. You can watch them on demand too. Oh man, that's awesome. Maybe I'll throw the, I'll, tr- I'll try to remember. To, right there. Yeah, I'll try to remember to throw that in the show notes uh, and cool. if, if you want to check that out. But uh, yeah, the World Series is over. Unfortunately, in my mind, the bad guys won. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it I was, was pretty happy with it. Yeah, I mean, Game 4 was just so much fun. We talked about that last week. Games 5 yeah, and 6, amazing. a little bit less so. But you know, yeah, uh, I did want to bring up something about Clayton Kershaw, though. That I guess this has been around for quite a while, but I just saw this. Clayton Kershaw, his great-uncle discovered Pluto. What? Yeah. You mean the, the dwarf planet? The dwarf planet, exactly. He's related to Clyde Tombaugh, who discovered the former planet now as you said known as a dwarf planet in 1930 i was unaware of that that was pretty wow cool. i i discovered pluto once he was in toontown i'm assuming that's a disney joke so that went right over my head <laughs> <laughs> all you disney files out there you know that was funny all right maybe it wasn't well, i'll, I, I'll I have to take your word for it uh next thing all i right. wanted to talk about this one was by uh, i found on twitter from the at mlb cathedrals feed which is a good feed they've got a lot of old stadiums which you know i enjoy old stadiums i enjoy new stadiums for the most part not exactly this sure. one but the orange bowl where the university of miami and i think the dolphins played a long time ago they used to play there that is the exact site where Marlins Park is now. I didn't know that. And coincidentally, huh. the University of Miami, the Hurricanes that used to play at the Orange Bowl, now play at Hard Rock Stadium, which used to be known as Joe Robbie, which is where the Marlins first played. Huh. So they switched. They, they tore down both sites and put new sites up and switched. It was there. They're like, they just... It was like a parent trap situation, and they they went to different parts of the city, but yes. they did not know that at all. But that's kind of kind of weird. Another thing in the news, I've got some strong feelings on this, but Tony Larusa was hired yeah. as the manager of the young and personality driven, well, talent driven, but a team that is young with a lot of personality, the Chicago White Sox. To yeah, I saw that. To hire somebody of his age who hasn't managed in so long and uh, who has commented on things like how he thought uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. was wrong for swinging at 3-0 and and hitting that grand slam earlier in the year. Oh, brother. It's going to be really yeah. interesting to see what he does the first time, you know, Tim Anderson flips a bat or something. 
I wonder how it's going to go. I mean, is it going to be he's too old school for him or is it going to be, you know, he brings a sense of, of leadership and, and strength. I don't, you know, it could be interesting either way. I don't know. I, Dave, uh, Dave Stewart, I saw spoke up for him. Dave Stewart, who obviously played for him here in Oakland. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not a big White Sox fan. I like to watch them because I, I like Jason Benetti and, and Steve Stone, but, and I like, you know, I like Tim Anderson. I like seeing those guys. They're a fun team, but I'm not a huge Tony La Russa fan. Although he does support, he's got a, an animal uh, shelter here, ARF, which that's right. they use prom yes, collars, big... though, which is not a good thing, but mm-hmm. he still well, does a lot of good. Can't have it all, I guess, but wish I could. No, yeah. but um, yeah, it's interesting. When's the, Do you know when the last time is that he actually? What year it was he actually managed? So Larusa last managed in two thousand and eleven. So it will have been ten seasons. Wow, that was with and he won the World Series in two thousand eleven with the Cardinals. So it went out on top, which is kind of cool. But um, it's interesting. Yeah, well, I'm actually excited to see what he does with them. I, I'm not sure excited is the word I'm looking for, but I did want to talk about something I saw on uh, on YouTube regarding Tony La Russa. And when he was the manager of the White Sox the first time, back in, uh, when let's see, the, the first time he managed them was 1979. What I want to talk about, though, happened in 1980 when Tony La Russa was on the game show To Tell the Truth. Now, nice. this might be something that some of our younger listeners don't know about. I I just vaguely know about it. I know the, the premise. I've never seen the show. But basically, you've got a couple of celebrities there. They question three people who all claim to be the same person, and they try to, by these questions and answers, determine who's actually the one person that is, you know, telling the truth and the other two are lying. So Tony La Russa came on and the whole premise was that he was the youngest manager in major league baseball. And uh, he was also the only lawyer that was a manager in major league baseball. So listen to these four celebrities. And again, if you're, if you're not old enough, some of these names might mean nothing to you, but the first judge was the star of ragamuffins of rhythm. When he was three years old, it's Nipsey Russell. Oh, Nipsey Russell, oh, he of the occasional first seat on uh, on that wonderful show Match Game. Yeah, he was on, well, he's on Match Game. He was also always on uh, Pass, oh, no, uh, $10,000 Pyramid or whatever that was with Dick Clark. Yeah. And wasn't he the Tin Man or was he, yeah, he was the Tin Man, I think, in The Wiz. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good call. Uh, next was Rita Moreno, who was the original, I believe, Maria in nice. West Side Story. She's very talented. He was. Uh, yeah, very. Next was everybody's second favorite star of Eight is Enough, Dick Van Patten. <laughs> you know, That's my favorite Dick. Who, who's 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 everybody's favorite star of Eight is Enough? Do you remember this show? I remember the show, but I thought it was Dick Van Patten. Uh, Adam Rich, who was the, the little kid. Adam Rich. I don't, I just, oh, yeah. It's the oh, only man. other name I remember. And uh, finally, Kitty Carlisle who I only yeah. know because she is on every single game show ever broadcast on the Game Show Network. Yes, and she she's, writes scandalous books or something. Oh, is that what she does? I, I don't think know. She so. was like 800 years old at this point in 1980, but she's like, yeah. she's like what Joel McHale is now. Like he's on every, whether he hosts or he's a guest on every game show. But uh, Kitty Carlisle was so old in this show how old was she? There we go. 
<laughs> that she wrote her her numbers in Roman numerals, and I am not joking. <laughs> there, she she actually wrote Roman numerals when she had to write a number down. Uh, so these three guys come out. It's uh, Tony LaRusse is in the middle of these three, and two of the guys are wearing '80s white socks uniforms, not the shorts, but you know the same style. Larusa is the only one in a suit and tie, which I thought was kind of funny. Rita Morena totally exposes one of them is lying because she asks the question, who is Van Lingo Mungo? Which, <laughs> you know, we talked about him uh, on nicknames. We talked about him when we had uh, DB Firstman on the show talking about their book. And this guy answers back, well, I think he plays for the Twins. <laughs> he did not. He was long retired by that point. But I was like, oh, my gosh, she just nailed him. But then she goes on to say, oh, well, I, I asked him about Van Lingo Mungo, and he gave me the answer. Like, she thought that was correct. So I was disappointed. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if it's not, it's not a bad thing to get something wrong if the person thinks that you're right. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. more important. Yeah, but she lost a because she voted for him as saying he was telling the truth, too, which was disappointing. Oh, uh, Tony LaRusso, we also found out, is an Abner Doubleday truther. He said that Abner Ooh. Doubleday invented baseball. <laughs> so that was uh, wow. something. I've never heard of an Abner Doubleday truther. Well, we talked it's about like him a, here. Yeah, it's like a flat earth. Uh, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Nipsey Russell apparently thinks the White Sox play at Wrigley Field. Because he asked he asked yeah. one of them, he says, how many day games do you play? Or no, he said, how many night games do you play there? Uh, here in Chicago. And the guy goes, eh, like 30, 34. And he goes, oh, because uh, last I checked, <laughs> there, there were no lights at that stadium. <laughs> and then his time ran out. So the guy didn't get an answer and say, well, I, uh, well, I managed the White Sox, not the Cubs. But That's what, Nipsey. Uh, there's two teams in Chicago. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Come on, Nips. All right. So I'll put the I'll put the link to this in the show notes. Uh, nobody picked Tony La Russa. The four celebrities, That's three funny. of them picked one and one picked the other. Spoiler alert. And and neither of them, none of them picked the actual Tony LaRusso, which is kind of funny. Um, we've got no debuts, shockingly enough, I know. We've got no debuts this week. I did want to mention uh, just something else, though. If you cannot get enough of me, I know you can never get enough of Mark, but if you cannot get enough of me, I'm going to be on a couple of uh, movie podcasts of which I know very little about. So you can make fun of me. My uh, my best friend hosts a couple of movie podcasts, the 20th Century Movie Club and Atkins Undisputed. These are two movie podcasts. Uh, one is about movies before the year 2000. Uh, I think my episode's coming up in a week or so where I talk about uh, buddy films, which I thought was pretty cool doing with my best friend. And uh, then the Adkins Undisputed podcast is about action star Scott Adkins, who I'm sure you have seen a movie of, whether you knew who he was or not. But Scott Adkins actually joins uh, my buddy Mike uh, for each episode to talk about the movie that he's going to discuss. And I was on one of those. So uh, I'll well, put some links great. in the show note for those. Those are uh, He knows more about movies than I know about Ricky Henderson. So he's Wow, a see... I'm a big movie buff, but I'm not ready to go up against someone with two podcasts. I'm telling you, I, you know, the stupid stuff that we can pull out and people are like, why do you know that he can do that with, with the most obscure movie? And it's very impressive. Nice. 
All right, so let's get into trivia since we don't have any debuts. Last week I asked a question, which the answer has actually changed since last week. So last week I asked you, when when the podcast debuted, the Dodgers at that time had seven different players had hit home runs in the World Series thus far. My question was, which team holds the record for most individual players homering in a World Series? Now, the Dodgers ended up having nine different players homer in that series. So they are now the new answer. But prior to that, did you do you have any any idea? I was going to say the 19 Mets. (laughs) Well, they were the first time they were good was 1969. And they they are not the answer. Yeah. Well, I was hoping it was 1969. <laughs> so that's uh, my that's my pathetic guess. So we got a couple of uh, got a couple of responses. Uh, one of them was right. The, Chris uh, Chris Cook, who is at Chris Saint STL fan, who is very good at this, did come in with the right answer. Uh, I don't remember if he gave me a couple of answers this time, but I I know he gave me. The right answer at one point, and the answer is the 1989 Oakland A's. Oh, you know there is a little bit of a thread here. If I ask a question, you can. The first thing you need to do is eliminate the A's or Ricky Henderson, and if you can do that, then go elsewhere. But if you can't, that's probably the answer. Yeah, that's a good point. Percentage wise, I was doing the odds on that, and I they're they're actually not bad odds. <laughs> so 89, Ricky hit one. Ricky hit a couple. Dave Parker, Jose Canseco, Dave Henderson, Terry Steinbach, Carney Lansford, Tony Phillips, and of course, Walt Weiss hit one. What of is course. interesting, uh, no home runs from Lance Blankenship or Mike Gallego, uh, hmm. or Big Mac. Mark McGuire did not hit a home run in that World Series. Almost everybody That's else funny. did, but not, not Big Mac. So there's your answer, hmm. which is now no longer the answer. The answer is now the 2020 Dodgers. Right. We're one sorry we didn't down. have an answer for you, but we have a new one, but it's not the real one, which was last week, but it is now the real one. The Dodgers, once so again, downing the A's in, in a World Series. With home runs. With home runs. All right, so here's the question for next week. Who, as in an individual player, holds the longest hitting streak against a single team? So not, this is not just a hitting streak. We all know what the answer there is. This is a hitting streak against an individual team. Interesting. I got a guess. All right. It's Mike Trout against the Seattle Mariners, guaranteed. I can't go to a one game with Mike Trout in it where he doesn't get three hits, I swear. That's almost a home run streak more than a hit streak. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I hate that guy, but I absolutely think he's amazing. But I hate him, but I really like him. All right. So I'll let everybody think about that. And uh, it's a pretty interesting answer. I, I, I found kind of differing answers, but I found th- there's one that everybody can agree on, but the time frame is a little bit off. But I'll explain it all next week when we, when we give the answer. So think about that. Let us now, though, start to wrap it up. Let the grounds crew come out. And they're a little bit slower today because the season's over. They didn't expect to get called in today, but they still need to get this field ready for us. And uh, we're going to jump in to talk about something that we've talked a little bit about. We talked a little bit about the history of teams, of baseball teams in New York City. And we touched yes. on this. But I want to talk about the history of Major League Baseball team names. 
because there's okay. some really interesting ones. Uh, you know, I, we're not going to hit on things like the, the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, you know, the, the real obvious ones. Right. Uh, so we're just going to go right down a list here that I've made. The The first one is the, and this is one of those teams, I, I, you can call me a social justice warrior or whatever. I, I usually don't say Cleveland or, or Atlanta, just call them Cleveland or Atlanta. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Braves word a couple of times today just because it, it factors into this. So we're going to start with the Braves, which are now the Atlanta Braves. But of course, they started in Boston, then they moved to Milwaukee before heading to Atlanta in 1966. The Braves is a bit of a, as I said, a controversial name right now. Well, you know, rightfully so. But it was actually meant to be controversial, believe it or not. James Gaffney became president of the then National League, well, I guess they still are National League, uh, Boston Braves in 1911. And he was a member of Tammany Hall. Tammany Hall was what was called a Democratic Party machine. Which is not yes, it was. not to be confused like a like a party machine like Frank the Tank in old school or you know John Belushi in Animal House. This is a Democratic Party machine, which is kind of like multi level marketing for political groups. It's a leader or a small group, and they control a bunch of other people who are rewarded for their support to that kind of top level of the pyramid. So if you drew a diagram, it would be a pyramid scheme essentially. Uh, so Tammany Hall dominated New York City politics in the late 19th century, and they were named after a local Native American tribe, and they adopted an Indian headdress as a symbol, and their members were called Braves. So Gaffney decided to change the team name from the Doves to the Braves <laughs> to rub it in the faces of Bostonians who he felt were too aristocratic. <laughs> He's like, screw you guys. This is well, what we're naming it. The, the doves? Really? The doves, yeah. I had not heard the, the the Boston doves either, but there you there you go. Yeah. Okay. This was a league for grown men, right? Yeah, well we'll remember and we're we're gonna I'm gonna give you some other names that <laughs> will right. make you say that these were adults playing, right? But yeah, so <laughs> So the, 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 the Braves moniker was always meant to be kind of controversial, although now I think we can probably move on. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't want to get into that on, on this podcast, but there you go. That, that's how the Braves namesake came to be. Next, the Red Sox. You probably have a good idea about the Red Sox. 1901 the now Red Sox joined the American League as the second sister in Boston behind the Doves slash Braves. Gotcha. They weren't originally known as the Red Sox at that point. They were usually, and we've, we've gone over this, they were just usually called the Americans because they were in the American League. They wouldn't have been called the Red Sox anyway because they were originally wearing dark blue socks. So... Nowhere close to the Red Sox we know today. Then in 1907, the Braves, uh, which, of course, were not known as the Braves yet, but the team, the, the franchise, switched from red uniforms to all-white uniforms in a precursor to uh, Players Weekend from two years ago. Just awful. But uh, they went to all-white uniforms. So uh, Boston owner John Taylor jumped on the chance and switched his team to red uniforms. 
And then the nickname Red Sox was given to them once they switched. So I can uh, sure. I can see John Taylor like, okay, they they they've they've abandoned the red. Let's switch to red, and then that way maybe their fans will join us because they don't want to go buy all new merchandise. That's my thought. That's probably more of a modern day <laughs> approach. But. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, but you know, it probably merch probably was, was some truth to that. Merch was probably not a big thing back then. <laughs> okay, well, next you know. next Cubs. We've talked about this a little bit. The Cubs were originally known as the White Sox, first of all. So huh. they were they were first in the National League, known as the Chicago White Sox. Manager Cap Anson, though, saw a lot of his better players sold off in the late 1800s. He was saddled with a young roster, and so the press dubbed them the Colts. Press has a lot of say in team nicknames, apparently. I guess so, yeah. Back in the old-timey days. Well, the name stuck. They were the Chicago Colts. Now, I had never heard to them referred to as the Colts before, but that's what I found in several articles. Then in 1897, Anson left the team after helming them for 19 seasons. So the nickname was changed from the Colts to the Orphans because they were now without their father figure. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What, what What a name. Yeah. So I'm all for teams changing nicknames when they change managers. I think that that's a good idea, and they should go back to that. Because then you would sell a lot of new merch all the time. Okay, so 1920, Frank Zilli, who we've done extensive research on this. He's German. It's spelled S-E-L-E-E. I'm sticking with the pronunciation. (laughs) He took over a skipper, and he inherited a very young roster. And uh, since there was a new manager, they had to give it a new name, so they called them the Cubs, and that one stuck. There, that's how they stayed the Cubs. They've stayed the Cubs for uh, when did I say nineteen twenty? So one hundred years they've been known as the Cubs. That's great. Interesting right. story. Yeah. So next, uh, let's stick in the Central uh, National League. The Reds, who were the original first fully professional baseball team, and they went by the Red Stockings. They morphed into the yeah. Red Legs, and then that was just shortened to Reds. Uh, 1953, they announced that they were going to return to the Red Legs, the Red Sox having already taken the Red Sox moniker. At this point in the country, the term Reds kind of had a different meaning because of the Red Scare. So they didn't really want to have the word Reds all over their stuff. So uh, they just, uh, they they decided they were going to be the Red Legs again. That only stayed for like two years. And then they kind of just went back to... uh, Went back to Reds. They didn't make an announcement. They just kind of started to use it again. <laughs> they, they could have been the Red Hots. Ooh. I think that's a cool name. Yeah, I like that. Okay, yeah, next we got the Tigers. So Detroit's original first minor league baseball team were called the Wolverines. But they were sometimes also referred to as the Tigers, which was a nickname for the members of Michigan's oldest military unit, which fought in the Civil War and the Spanish-American War. When Detroit joined the American League in 1901, the team received formal permission from the regiment to use its symbol and nickname, and it's stuck ever since. So that's an ode to a military uh, Hmm. unit. I just thought, normally if you do that now, it's just, oh, tigers are ferocious, so that's why we want to be the tigers. But no, that had to do with with a very storied military, I was going to say franchise, but (laughs) unit. Uh, Next, the Phillies. 
So this team was founded in 1883 as the Quakers, which if you nice. mistype that name, it becomes the Quackers, which is another pretty cool name that I would sign up for. Uh, eventually, in a stroke of genius, though, it was changed to the Philadelphians, which was then shortened to Phillies. Robert Carpenter bought the team in 1943, and he held a contest to rename the club. We've seen this done multiple times in the minor leagues. And this name that won cracks me up. The team name that the fans voted for was Blue Jays. They wanted to be called the Philadelphia Blue Jays. The team was branded as the Blue Jays for a couple of seasons, but everybody still called them the Phillies, and then they eventually just kind of forgot about it and went back to the Phillies. So they literally did kind of what the Reds did, and just without really making an announcement or anything, just put, you know, hey, we're going back to Phillies. Just, you know, press release the big, uh, you know what, never mind. No, I didn't even do that. Just we're, one year they came that. back and on the scoreboard, instead of Blue Jays, it said Phillies. And they might have even <laughs> put it back on the jersey and removed the Maple Leaf. But I thought that was kind of, or the Blue Jay. They didn't wear Maple Leaf. All right, a couple more here. The Pirates, I've told this story before, and I really like it. So I'm going to give an abbreviated version of it here. Following the collapse of the Players League in 1890, the Pittsburgh team signed a player who the Philadelphia Athletics had wanted to sign, but they'd forgotten to do the paperwork. So a Philadelphia sports writer made the claim that Pittsburgh had pirated the player away. 130 years ago, a sports writer made a flippant comment, and today the team is still called the Pirates. Uh, and then finally, the Cardinals. So we've talked a lot about teams from St. Louis. The Browns, the Perfectos, one of my favorites. While they were the Perfectos in 1899, another sports writer was eavesdropping, I guess, and heard a woman say that she thought the red stockings that the Perfectos wore were a lovely shade of cardinal. He liked it, hmm. put it in a story in a column, and fans instantly gravitated towards it. So... 1900, the team officially changed their name. The next year, they're like, all right, goodbye, Perfectos. Hello, Cardinals. So they were actually named after the not the bird. Yeah, but yet the bird is prominent on the all bird their is logos. an afterthought. Yeah, but I mean, right, I guess an afterthought. Stanford, the Stanford Cardinals are, are a tree, so it's well, just... Stanford, I think it's just one, it's a single Cardinal. Stanford Cardinal. Okay, but it's still a tree. It is not Cardinal. <laughs> on their logo? Is that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their mascot is a big... You've never seen the, the tree? It's just someone in a tree costume. No, I know what you're talking about. I was just asking. Yeah. yeah um, is it a red tree, though? No. No, it's green See? with a with a brown... What's a... I want to say stump. Uh, trunk. Maybe it's a red cedar and you can't tell. That's probably it. This is California. Yeah. All right. So there you go. There's There are some history of some team nicknames that uh, that i found interesting so that's pretty fun yeah maybe maybe next week we can go over the oh we already talked about the yankees the mets are pretty easy metropolitans uh we talked about uh the a's and and the athletics and and the elephants uh i i think the marlins are probably the next one we got to talk about or the devil yeah. remember when the when the devil Roy, devil roy's when the Devil Rays joined the league, there was an outcry from some religious groups because the word devil was in the name. Devil Rays, which they're not anymore. 
I wonder if they succumb to the religious pressure or if they just thought it would be easier to just say rays. I don't know. I still call them the D-rays sometimes. You All right. call them Tampa sometimes too, to the yeah, much to the disdain of our listeners. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I'm sure there's, a, frankly, a lot of things I do much to the disdain of our listeners. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. There are a history of some team names. Uh, we've got some more history coming up next week. Some actual, I mean, that's baseball history. But like we're going to get next week, let's just spell the beans here, Mark. We are going to give you the definitive history of baseball. In terms of its right. origins, we're gonna do we're gonna do an origin story for baseball, definitively, where Abner Doubleday will not play a very prominent role. He he will definitely get uh, like an honorable mention, but uh, no, he won't be in the 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 captain's chair. No, we'll have Tony Larusa on to defend him. There you go. All right, Mark. So let's jump into our final segment. This is a very popular segment that uh, people like to call, and so we let them go ahead and say it. It is time for Wax Packs. All right, Mark. Today we are opening up some of the uh, least attractive cards. I, whenever I say that, you know we're doing Don Russ because Don Russ are always just <laughs> ugly in the, at this time. We are going to open up some 1990 Don Russ, which also come in a kind of an ugly orange pack here. Now, I am not sure if these have been opened yet. I have a feeling that they are because they are super glued together, just about. Uh, last week, if you will remember, all of the cards were in numerical order thusly yes. telling us that somebody had opened them before somebody broke the set yeah yeah and uh you came away with a victory to take a lead four to three so uh, i'm going to go ahead and i'm gonna once again let you choose if you want the pack in my left hand or the pack in my right hand all right i am gonna go left hand again it was good luck last week left hand all right now i being the commissioner have the option of stealing that pack should i choose last week i didn't do it and i paid for it so this week i know my luck is going to change i'm going to stick with the right pack for me and i'm gonna let you do the left pack yeah the the question is did i set you up i I, mean how much strategy do we have here (laughs) this is the only part of the game you can control so Uh, all right, let's just take a quick look at some of the cards. There's a lot of errors in this set, uh, specifically a Nolan Ryan error and uh, Harold Baines error. Uh, the Harold Baines card is interesting because there are actually two errors on the original card. Then they corrected one of them but left the other error. Then they corrected the second error but put the first error back in there. And then they finally corrected them both. So there's four different variations of the Harold Baines card. Beyond that, there is a David Justice rookie card, and that is really about it. Not not a whole lot of value in the set, but let us okay. uh, let's open this pack up and uh, let's just see what we what we come up with. Let's do it. All right, so here we go. And again, these are glued just about to the back card, so I don't know if uh, who I've purchased these from did something nefarious. We'll see. Uh, all <laughs> we'll right. Find we've, out. we've got a uh, another puzzle piece here. Uh, I forgot to look who this is for. It is a... Uh, oh, it's Carl Yastrzemski again. 
Uh, puzzle pieces 46, 47, and 48. All right, so uh, before we get into these packs, let's uh, review the rules. I almost forgot to do that. Uh, if you are uh, showing some real stirrup that we can see, you're going to get an extra cent because that's great. We like that. If you are uh, wearing two and ones, uh, shame on you. That's a minus one cent. If you are sporting a mustache, we're going to give you an extra cent. But if it is a great Tom Selleck-esque mustache, we're going to give you an extra point because that's good news. Uh, next, we have got, uh, if you're wearing high top shoes, we are going to uh, minus a point because we don't like that look. And if you are wearing high top shoes with uh, two-in-one stirrups that we can see, we're going to minus two points because that's just a crime against humanity and you shouldn't do it. Uh, next, if you are wearing your caricature or your jersey number on your sweatband, you're going to get an extra cent. And if you are a Hall of Famer, you are going to get an extra five cents. All right, Mark. So here we go. It also might be uh, just uh, mentioned that we are using a, a uh, May 1992 Beckett Baseball Card Monthly to get the values here so that we have some. You're going to start out strong here, Mark. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you are cool. starting out with the Diamond Kings, and it is uh, Mr. Bo Jackson. I heard of that guy. Yeah. Now, this card is number one in the set, and that's always a good thing if you're that first card. Um, he is not a Hall of Famer, but the card value itself is seven cents, and uh, he's got a little bit of a mustache here, and he's got stirrups on. So I'm going to give you nine cents there to start out with. That is a good start. Yeah, now Isn't he, that guy, wasn't he like a hockey player or something? Uh, yeah, in football and uh, basketball and a surfer. And he also played the guitar with Bo Diddley. What, really? What, did he race horses? Just curious. I don't know. I don't remember if he raced horses or not. And I think he, Man, did, he did the, the Olympic decathlon with uh, Dan and Dave. That's, that's right. That, yes. boy, there's pulling some names out of the, the old way back <laughs> machine there. Uh, all right, so, and it has been suggested that maybe we should give more value to Diamond Kings, but uh, we'll have to we'll have to think about that when we review our rules next. Uh, next, you have got pitcher for the Angels. It is Bob McClure. Bob McClure, I remember, I remember the name. I don't, I'm not sure I can quote you any stats. Well, uh, he was first in the club in ERA in uh, 1989. He does have a nice mullet going on. We're not giving any extra money for that, but he has got a really nice mustache. Nice. Thinking, I'm going to give you two cents on that one. That's a good, wow, that's a good mustache. A no value from Beckett. Serious mustache. Yeah, I'm going to give Very you. Very nice. He's got a soul patch, though, in 1990. That, I might minus you a cent just for. But, no, for being ahead of his time? On principle. But, all right. I'll <laughs> give you two cents. Uh, next, we have got, this guy's now a, uh, a news uh, anchor in Atlanta. I like to say ath Oakland Athletics legend, it's Ron Gant here with the Atlanta Braves. Ron, Ron Gant, uh, who had the run-in, the famous run-in with Kent Herbeck at yep. first base in the World Series. Man, there were a lot of upset uh, Braves fans. Yeah, I think there still are. I, I And they even did a <laughs> bobblehead. So, yeah. they, they did a bobblehead for that. But Rob Gant, Rob Gant, Ron Gant had a good career. 16 years. Final year in Oakland for 17 games. Not uh, not bad. Uh, career, 321 home runs, 243 stolen bases. Uh, that's, uh, I, I think you would take that. Overall war of uh, 33. That's very impressive. That's, that's not bad at all. Yeah. 
Who's not on the Atlanta uh, World Series team, though? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, All right. Uh, That card is worth eight cents, and he's got a mustache. That's a nine-cent card. That brings you up to 20 cents. Next, you have got another mustachio gentleman. It is Mr. Mariner. Alvin Davis. Alvin Davis is correct. AD always had a mustache. Yeah, so this is an MVP card, which is uh, not worth anything in Beckett, but you're going to get one cent for the mustache because that's what we do. Oh, good. And he's out. Thanks, AD. I, I don't really remember Alvin Davis, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see a lot of Mariners games back then. But, uh, one cent for that. I remember him quite well, yeah. Next, we've got a catcher. Here he is with the Indians. He looks like he's 13 years old. Looks like he's never shaved in his life, so you're not going to get a one center from the mustache. Uh, he is with Cleveland here, and I remember him with the Yankees. It is Joel Skinner. Sure, Joel Skinner. I remember he was he was either really young or he just seemed like it, like like you're talking about his picture. Yeah, let's see how uh, how many uh, he managed in the major leagues. Apparently, he managed Cleveland in 2002. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I do actually. I I do not remember that at all. Uh, it's funny because at this time, 1990, it was his second to last year in the big leagues, and he was 29 years old, but certainly did hmm. not look like it. Uh, no value there uh, in any way. Next, we've got another catcher. Here he is with the Philadelphia Philadelphians. As we learned earlier, the Quakers, it is Steve Lake. Yeah, Steve Lake. Uh, boy, I, I remember who, I can't think of his team. Well, here he played for the Phillies. He also played for the Cubs for five years and three years with the Cardinals. Hmm. Stephen Michael Lake. but uh, Was he a starter? Uh, let's see. Games? No. Solid backup okay. catcher. 74, 58, yeah. 58. Uh, 10 years or 11 years. But uh, no value in Beckett, but he does have a mustache. So that'll get you one cent. You're up to 22 cents. Next, it is this guy. He's got two, uh, two first names. It's Gary Wayne, pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. I think I used to collect that guy because he had a he had a rookie card that I thought might be worth something. Boy, was I wrong. Well, this is not it. This is a rookie card, but it is not worth Jack nor the other word. Uh, no value from Beckett. No extra value there. Next, uh, you got a Hall of Famer, and an, uh, this is an All Star card, which unfortunately is usually not worth a whole lot. But he's a Hall of Famer, and you can see his stirrups. Here he is in, uh, I think they were in Camden Yards at this point. It is uh, Calvin Edwin Ripken Jr. Cal Ripken Jr. I feel like I've heard that name. He played like a few games in a row, I think. Yeah, so now this is uh, this card is listed as being an error, and it was corrected. So after doing exhaustive research here, this is the error card. It says recent major league performance, which is what it has listed as what the error is. So that is undoubtedly going to jump this up into the atmosphere. That's 15 cents. Plus two, nice. Five 15 cents cent error card. Five cents for the Hall of Fame and one cent for the stirrup. So that's a 21 cent card. I knew I should have switched. Uh, that's nice. 43 cents for you right there. Uh, wow. We go from that to another Hall of Famer. Here with the Oakland Athletics, it is Dennis Eckersley. Oh, the Eck has made his appearance. Yeah, so no value for this card in Beckett. Uh, obviously a Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, yeah. Eckersley is famous for wearing the two-in-ones, at least in my mind. 
he's got real mm-hmm. stirrups on here. And of course he's got a mustache. So of course, yes. That's a seven cent card for you right there. That'll bring you up to 50 cents. Uh, next we get, okay, I'm going to tell you his nickname because I've told it. This is one of those I've told you several times and I don't think you really remember. His nickname is E.T. Oh, um, Willie McGee. There you go. Nice. Yeah. It's finally sinking in. Willie McGee, this is the year 1990 that he was traded to the A's near the deadline and almost qualified to lead the, or no, he, he did lead the league still. He won the National League batting title, I believe. Let's look it up because I don't, I don't want to get dinged in. I don't want Marshall to call me out. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Willie yep. McGee in uh, 19, or in, yeah, 1980. Uh, does yep he led the league in the National League with 335. He only appeared in 29 games for the A's, but he did he did win the National League batting title despite being traded. Uh, no value in Beckett, but he does have a little wispy mustache there, so you get 50. Uh, you're up to 51 cent. Uh, another guy we get we pull every single time for the Orioles, Randy Milligan. <laughs> Yes, Milligan Stew, I believe, yeah. <laughs> Milligatati, Seinfeld reference. Milligan Tani, yes. Uh, just one cent there for the mustache, nothing in Beckett. I might fine you for this card. You've got another Hall of Famer. Wow, I really did Fine. pick the wrong pack, I think. This guy uh, here is pitching for the Rangers. He's wearing number 34. Yeah. Any idea who this is? I think be? I might know who that is. Who might this I'm, be? I'm going to guess... I'm going to go with Nolan Ryan. I need his full name. Otherwise, you're not going to get credit for it. Where, where, where does this rule stand? In this? And I did not hear this rule mentioned. <laughs> Lynn Alvin. Nolan Ryan Jr. <laughs> From Alvin. That's, that is <laughs> yes, yes, Lynn. in Alvin. That's got to be embarrassing for you. Uh, however, this card is worth 20 cents. He's a Hall of Famer, so that's a 25-cent card. I can't see anything else, but... Darn, that's a 25-cent card. That brings you up to 77 cents. Thank you, Nolan. Not bad. I mean, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn. Uh, okay, you've got four cards left here. A pitcher for the Orioles, Jeff Ballard. The Jeff yeah, Ballard I remember Bridge. Jeff Ballard. Seattle joke. Uh, nothing there from Beckett. Only one cent because he's wearing real stirrups, but that'll get you up to 78 cents. Nice. Next, I know what you're going to say this guy's nickname is. Outfielder for the Red Sox, Kevin Romine. Kevin, Kevin, uh, Leaves of Romine. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> he was, I'm pretty sure he was kind of a fourth outfielder from Santa Margarita, so, yeah. California. No value here in Beckett, but he's got real stirrups and he's got a mustache. So you're just tacking it on now. You're at 80 cents. I'm going to have a, sure. I'm going to have a hard time. Next, man, you better hit that justice rookie. Yeah, I better. Twice. Next is uh, utility infielder for the Bucks. It is Jeff King. Mm, no recollect. Oh wait, he was a yeah, he was a pirate. I remember him yeah, a little bit. He was on those teams with Benia and Bonds and Drabeck. Remember, yeah. I named them all last week. Yes, you did. <laughs> In an odd show of memory. Yeah, it was a weird flex, I admit. But uh, no value in Beckett. But he's got real stirrups and he's got a mustache. That's eighty-two cents. And your final card is a Mariner. Coincidentally enough, he's got a mustache. That's going to be the only value. It is Gene Harris, pitcher. Sure. Gene Harris, Mariner's legend. 
Uh, so you get one cent there for the mustache, but you've got 83 cents. That is a very strong pack for uh, 1990 Don Russ. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm not unhappy with my score. No, you shouldn't be. All right, so let's rip this. Uh, and I do literally mean rip because they are glued to the back of these cards. <laughs> the value is plummeting as I peel it off. All right, Yastrzemski. Oh, well, these are, this is probably worth a buck. It's puzzle piece one, two, and three. So that might be my saving grace. Anybody that wants to get started. <laughs> and that, that likes to start in the top left-hand corner. <laughs> All right. So starting off for Cleveland, uh, this guy unfortunately passed away in a boating accident. It is pitcher Steve Olin. Uh, Steve Olin was a solid pitcher, too. Yeah, this uh, is Cleveland the- Indian. This is his rookie card, so it's got a little value worth three cents, but that's going to be all. Yeah, again, doesn't look like he's sh- ever shaved either. Next outfielder for the Astros, it is Gerald Young. Young. There yeah, you go. Trying to come up with a nickname on the fly, but I'm not that clever. Uh, Gerald Young is wearing real stirrups. I can't tell if he's got a mustache, but he does have Mims bands on. So. Ooh. That'll get me two cents for the stirrups and the uh, and the in the Mims bands. I believe his nickname is Gerald. You made me feel so young, you know, mm. little Sinatra. That let's let's see what uh, what Baseball Reference. No, uh, Baseball Reference has put the kibosh on that. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm starting it myself. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so I got a Hall of Famer here. Uh, everybody's favorite Hall of Famer until we found out some some uh, other things about him. Uh, it is uh, the late Kirby Puckett here with the Minnesota Twins, the only team he played for. Kirby, a one-of-a-kind outfielder. I never saw anybody that he looked like a chubby guy, but, man, could he move. Yeah, he had, especially early in his... Uh, in his career, he had uh, had some good wheels. Now, there is an error card listed here. So let's see if this is, I'm going to guess this is the error, because it, it says recent major league performance just as yours did. Ah. So, yep, recent major league performance. All right, so this is the error card. Uh, and that is worth, it's only worth seven cents. How come yours was worth so much more? Just because it was cow? It was because of the pack I picked. All right, so this is Kirby. So he's a Hall of Famer. He's got real stirrups, and he's, of course, got a mustache. So that's seven cents on top of this seven. So it's a 14-cent card. I'll take it. Brings me up to 19 cents. Next, we've got outfielder for the Cubs. It is Dwight Smith. Dwight Smith. I don't remember a whole lot about him except that he was, you know, a talented guy with the Cubs. I remember right. He was pretty quick and had a little power. Didn't, he was teammates. He and I forget who it was were the uh, went one and two in rookie of the year. I thought that year. Yeah, I remember. I can't think of it either. Uh, Jerome Walton. That's it. Yeah. Yep, yeah, those they, two were like rookie talent that came out of nowhere. Yeah. So Jerome Walton won it. Dwight Smith came in second. Smith hit three twenty four, had a three eighty two on base and a four ninety three slugging. Wow. Uh, not bad. Not bad. But uh, this card is not, uh, before I say that, I, I need to look it up. I looked it up. Yeah, it's not worth anything. He's got a mustache, but this idiot has got two and ones for some reason. So I get nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. Got an MVP card here. I've 
already proclaimed that I like this guy. It is outfielder for the Phillies, Vaughn Hayes. Vaughn Hayes, yeah. Not enough talk about Vaughn Hayes. He was he was a solid baseball player. Yeah, so no value here. It's a, it's one of those MVP cards. No value. He doesn't have a mustache or anything. Uh, let's see. 1986 was probably his best year. He finished eighth in the MVP validating. Led the league in runs and doubles. Uh, 379 on base, 480 slugging with 19 homers and 98 RBIs. And 24 wow. stolen bases. He had some speed. He wow. had double digits four different uh, years in his 12-year career. Had 253 career stolen bases. That's not too bad. Wow. Nickname, five for one. I will By tools, to, I guess. Uh, you know, that's a good guess. I don't know. I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to ask around. We'll we'll ask. I, I've I'm gonna ask DV Firstman because I've learned this last week that when I don't know what a nickname, uh, why it's there, that uh, they will know the answer. So maybe I'll, I'll come back with that. Uh, no value though for me there. Next outfielder for the Baltimore Orioles, Mike Devereaux. Uh, Mike Devereaux. Uh, I remember him played for the uh, Albuquerque Dukes for a couple of seasons. Good guy. Nice guy. Had to clean his uniform a couple of times. I have, I have. And let me just say, you know, you pointed out the team with full white uniforms that they were. That is a nightmare for a clubby. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> white uniforms suck. And you, if they're all white, yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike Devereaux, yeah. he's nicknames Devo. Anything close to you've got a D E V in your first or last name, you're going to be nicknamed Devo. But. Uh, yeah. No value in Beckett. He's got a mustache, but he's got two and ones. So that cancels out. That's disappointing. Next, I've got a rated rookie card, and I have never heard of this guy. He did not have a career, uh, much of a career. He did make the majors. This catcher for the Atlanta Braves, Kelly Mann. Boy, that name sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't tell you a lot. M-A-N-N. Kelly Mann uh, only played two years in the big leagues, only logged 18 games. Hmm. Uh, his slash line, 173, 189, and 288. So not great. And you can imagine, I mean, Javi, uh, Javi Lopez came around right around this time as well. And he had that yeah. catcher position in Atlanta on lockdown for a decade. Let's see if this is a rookie card, though. Let's see what it's worth. Uh, it is worth an entire two cents. But... Well, it's double one cent. Yeah, definitely. So that'll bring me up to 21 cents. Next pitcher for the uh, Cincinnati Red Legs, it is your buddy, Jose Rijo. Hey, gotta love Jose Rijo. Underrated pitcher, didn't have the longest career, but he had some pretty good seasons. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, no value from Beckett. Nothing going on extra value-wise. And then we go to somebody that we mentioned just I think last week he was the answer to our one of, part of the answer to our trivia question as uh, one of the few catchers that was two for two in terms of throwing out Ricky Henderson in his career. It is Tom Pagnazzi. Tom Pagnazzi, sure, yeah. Not a bad catcher. Here with the Cardinals. Uh, this picture was taken in uh, Old Candlestick Park, I can tell. And, uh, you know, this is disappointing. We always say that catchers are going to have real stirrups, right? Sure. Well, guess what this Yahoo was wearing? Tom Pagnazzi's coming in with two and ones. So I'm going to get a, a minus one cent from that card. 
That's pretty oh, unacceptable. Ozzy, come on, man. You're better than that. You're better than that. He may, he may be, yeah. He may be. Another catcher. This is a Hall of Famer, though. He was in the uh, in the Wax Pack book pack. And uh, known curmudgeon Carlton Fisk here with the White Sox. <laughs> he caught a few games in his career. He did. Uh, he also caught very little value from Beckett. Uh, only two cents. <laughs> this is an MVP card. Uh, so they're not usually worth a lot, but uh, that, that well, one's only worth two cents and no mustache, can't see anything else. By then, by then I believe Carlton Fisk was 140 years old. Uh, let's see. Actually, um, in 1990, he was 42, so very close. I was off a century. Not bad. So in his career, his entire 24-year career, Carlton Fisk led the league in only two categories. The first of which he was hit by 13 pitches in 1980 to lead the league. You will never guess what he led the league in in 1972 when he won the Rookie of the Year. Um, sack bunts. <laughs> even, even stranger, in triples with nine. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's weird. That is kind of weird. Rookie of the Year, Hall of Fame, 11-time All-Star, won a gold glove and three silver sluggers. Never won wow. a World Series. Huh. Interesting. Like I said, though, that card is only worth two cents. That brings me up to 22 cents. Next, we've got from Cleveland outfielder Dion James. Dion James. Yeah, he, uh, oh, he had a cool nickname. I can't think of it, though. The Wanderer? Wanderer? No, not the one I knew. <laughs> didn't, didn't the singer Dion James do I'm oh. the Wanderer? Yeah, the Wanderer. No, man, that... Is that Dion James? I have no Dion. idea. It wasn't Dion it's Warwick. Dion. It's not Neon Dion. <laughs> no. Well, there's no uh, it, no nickname in baseball reference. And Dion James is his full name. No nickname. And he's from Sacramento. He had one. I'm just not thinking of it. 11-year career for Dion James. No, uh, no awards to speak of. Uh, he does have a real mustache, though. That'll give me one cent. Bring me back up to 23. Next outfielder for the Dodgers, Jose Gonzalez. Man, I don't remember that guy. I don't remember him either, and uh, he's going to get me absolutely no value, so he's dead to me. Next pitcher for the Padres, I remember him more for being on, I believe, the Red Sox in 86. Is that where he was? It is Calvin Drew Schiraldi. Calvin Schiraldi, yeah. 86 when the... Uh... The Mets fam, fans let him have it. Yeah, so uh, no value there. Yeah, no value from Shraldi in Beckett. He's got real stirrups, though, so that'll get me one cent. I'm going to really have to pull a miracle here to, to beat you. I'm at 24 cents, and you finished with 83. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've just Ooh. looked at my final three cards. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. Next <laughs> outfielder for Toronto, Jorge Bell. George Bell. Yep. Solid bat. Solid bat. Good outfielder. He's wearing two and ones, though, which makes me mad, but he's got a mustache. He's got a nice jerry curl, too. The card is worth two cents, and then the mustache and the two and ones will cancel each other out. So that'll bring me up to 26 cents. And uh, here's one of those bucks that I named. It is Doug Drayback. Oh, man. there's there That guy was a fantastic pitcher. That man could bring it. Yeah, he had. Uh, didn't he have a, a son too? That 
I think Doug Durbeck Jr., I think, or somebody was in the big leagues a little while. Kyle Dray. Yeah, Kyle Drabeck. I think he was on the Astros, oh, okay. wasn't he? Uh, nope, Toronto. Okay. Exactly 100% correct. Okay. Uh, Toronto. But yeah, Doug Drabeck, 13 years, 155, 134. Mark uh, won the Cy Young in 1990 with a 22 and 6 record, uh, 2.76 ERA. Not a bad, uh, not a bad year. Also pitched for Houston no. down the road. He was, he, yeah, he was solid. One Cy Young, one uh, one All Star. That card is uh, not worth anything in Beckett, but he's got that mustache. It's just a one center, but it's still a good mustache. That's twenty seven cents. And my final card is pitcher here for the St. Louis Cardinals. Just like Tam, teammate Tom Bagnazzi was taken in uh, Candlestick Park. It is Ken Hill. Ken Hill. You know, it sounds like an announcer. I remember Ken Hill was on the Angels for a while. I think he was, sure. uh, I think he probably had a pretty long career as kind of a journeyman pitcher. Let's see, was he a, was he a lefty? You know, he's a right-hander, but he played for 14 years. And uh, actually hmm. had 16 wins in 1994 with the Expos. And, and I don't uh, remember him. That's 15 losses in 89 with the Cardinals, so. Oh, gee. That's, that's a number. Those are that's quite a disparity. But uh, yeah, that uh, that's going to get me one cent for his uh, for his mustache, and that is it. And that, sir, is a awful pack that I should have I should have swapped out, but I didn't. And, well, uh, I, I thank you for not doing so. That's not good. So that's a twenty-eight cent final score for me. You're at eighty-three, so you have now jumped ahead five to three in the head-to-head for this season. So congratulations, sir. All right. Thank you. Thank you. It was hard fought. Yes. Very well earned. All right. That'll do it for uh, this episode of Wax Packs Heroes. Let's start to wrap up this episode. I want to thank everybody as usual for joining us. Uh, You can rate and view us wherever you're (laughs) listening to this. That always helps us. Also, you can get in touch with us. We are on the internets. We are at uh, Two Strike Noise. That is at TWO Strike Noise on both Twitter and Instagram. We also have uh, an electronic email box that Mark likes to uh, go and check every day. Mark, how do they reach us there? Uh, all you got to do is in the two box, type in two strike noise, spell it out, T-W-O, strike noise at gmail.com. And the electronic mail will actually be delivered to my electronic mail inbox. Immediately, too. You don't need to put any postage on it. It's really, this yeah, I don't know how they do that. Technology these days is incredible, but... Uh, beyond that, uh, again, thank everybody for listening. We will be back next week. As I said, we're going to do a definitive guide to the uh, to, to debunk the uh, Abner Doubleday truthers and 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 try to figure out what uh, who actually invented baseball, where it actually came from. So we'll see you next week on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. 